Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. KIP, for short, brings you an exclusive look at the nature of humanity as we interface with culture and society in and out of our relationship with God. It explores the unique and contrasting position of having a biblical worldview versus a secular or societal worldview. I will explore these topics using the powerful and dynamic tools of the didactic narrative, teaching a relevant truth through storytelling, biblical exposition, teaching Bible principles, and of course, real talk. My background scans a diversity of over 35 years of work in education, government, law, ministry, business development, and consulting, respectively. Each guest speaker will bring a variety of wisdom and insight to life topics and situations that we encounter on a daily basis. So all I need you to do now as listeners is to sit back and enjoy the podcast, spread the word about KIPP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I will be your host, Derek L. Calhoun. That's hashtag K-I-P, hashtag K-I-P. Help me to make KIPP your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. Hey, 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 listen, listen. What's up, KIPP Nation? Appreciate you guys listening from all over the world. Thank you for tuning in and sharing this with your influence and your networks. Thank you so very much for purchasing uh, the book, um, Press Into the Power. That's my latest release, Press Into the Power, a journey to healing and breakthrough. It can be purchased again at Barnes and Nobles online, uh, Amazon online, uh, Cokesbury Press online, and of course, CBD, Christian Book Distributors online, and other online bookstores. Hey, thank you so very, very much. Oh, by the way, when you complete it, if you have enjoyed it, of course, I want you to bless someone with a book. Holidays are coming up, but I also want you to uh, write a review. You can go to Amazon or you can go to Barnes & Noble, any one of these uh, online platforms and write a review if you were blessed by the book, okay? I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for, again, tuning in for this podcast. Um, We have been in a great discussion on the pastor, our leader in the church. Uh, This is uh, part three of the Holy Mistress, and I hope that you are listening to them in succession, part one, part two, part three. We had started to talk about the dysfunctional pastor and some of the things that uh, happen, but I, again, must uh, warn you, this is not an indictment on the pastor. This is not an indictment on the pastor. So if that's what you're looking for, you're, look, you're listening to the wrong podcast. But if you want to hear a balanced discussion of the fall of grace or a balanced discussion on how to deal with issues surrounding sin uh, in leadership, uh, that's what I'm going to discuss and hopefully help us come to a better behavioral pattern as it relates to uh, seeing someone else in sin, any any brunt. And the Bible clearly says that if anyone is overtaken with a fault, ye who are without sin should protect them. You should you should love them. You should cover them. So it's it's you know lest ye fall. Okay, 
So this, whatever you see someone else go through, there's always a distinct possibility that it could be you the next time. So better than have it be you, support, love, wrap your arms around them, show the love of Jesus Christ, particularly now. This is Pastoral Appreciation Month, and many uh, people get upset with pastors for all kinds of things. You didn't say this, you didn't do this, you said that, you didn't say this. And you have to understand, any church that's within the barns, uh, there's a, a norm, a societal norm, but the average church is 50 uh, folk or more, 50 folk or more. So just imagine trying to be a pastor, male or female, and trying to yield yourself to the wants and desires of 50 different people. You will be uh, schizophrenic by the time the day is over. So it's not about a pastor pleasing the congregation as much as it is about a pastor pleasing God. And so the things that God would have us to do don't always please every parishioner. But we also have to be mature parishioners to know, hey, this isn't about me. That's the first kingdom principle I taught when I started a church uh, some 20 plus years ago from scratch in my living room, it's not about you. It's not about the pastor. It's not about the bishop. It's not about the people in the church. It's not about the leadership. It's about God. So whenever we're disgruntled in the church, the first thing we need to ask, maybe this is what God wants. Maybe our thought needs to be uh, open to the will of God in the earth. And just because it's the will of God, the Bible says that his ways are not like our ways. So, Obviously, we're not always going to be happy. Obviously, we're not always going to be like, you know, feeling like, hey, this is right down my alley. This is not about it being right down your alley. The lives of generations are at stake. So allow your pastor to follow God and do the things that God has called them to do. Now, for Pastor's Appreciation Month, what types of things should we do? We can give gifts. We can uh, give uh, something monetary that really means something. Uh, that will help in these uh, difficult times that we live in. Uh, we can bless the first family. Um, we can take them out to lunch, dinner, uh, breakfast. There's so many different things that we can do. Get a card, send an email, apologize. Apologize. If you've been in error against your pastor or you've had an art against your pastor, let's get past this. Let's, this man or woman is feeding your soul. Let's get past this art. Let's let it go. At some point, you have to let it go so that you can grow. Let it go so you can grow. Let it go so you can grow. You know, if you don't forgive uh, your trespasses, other people's trespasses against you, God for not forgive your trespasses against other people. So we don't have room to hold on to anything except the unchanging hand of God and the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, and make sure that as we receive grace and as we receive mercy, we too give that same level of compassion to other people, particularly the pastor. All right. So uh, I was talking about dysfunctional pastor and I was talking about what that is. Dysfunction is being dysfunctional is a deviation from the norms of social behavior and in a way regarded as bad. So we want to explore dysfunction and we started this, but we want to explore dysfunction in a way that we look at what the Bible says, look at what God desires, and make sure that we get on that functional path with God. 
The term functional, the quality of being suited to serve a purpose well. We want to do what we do well. We want to be called to do what we do, all right, as pastors and leaders, because I want to expand this definition of pastors, dysfunctional pastors to dysfunctional leaders, those who serve both in the marketplace and those who serve in the church. And why is that important? Uh, there's a study that Harvard University did that talked about the importance of morality and ethics in the business place and that those organizations that have a deeper moral fiber within the context of the culture of their business usually last longer, have a better culture, have a better, uh, 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 how do you say it, group that uh, that is rallying around this culture because there's integrity there's order, there's structure within the context of that business model, okay? So we want to have a proper business model. I don't have time to go over the Harvard study today, but maybe one day I'll dig that up again and use that to help us to understand how important it is to have order in our marketplace or and or in the church. Function, an activity of purpose natural to or intended for a personal thing an activity or purpose natural to or intended for a personal thing and I, I wanted to say just because something is functioning doesn't mean it has functionality and I used that as a premise last time but we didn't get very 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 far so I want to uh, pick up where we left off and just try to crunch some impartation and help us to get to the place where God wants us to be so Remember, again, just because something is functioning or it works doesn't mean it is functional. In other words, it is the optimal purpose. It is the perfect fit design that it functions at its highest and best use. People are in pastoral ministry that don't necessarily function for according to their highest and best use. So preaching is not the mode and teaching is not the mode although we ought to be able to do a little of both but really again the care of the sheep okay if you're in business the care of your employees that ought to be tantamount it's not just making money it's about looking out for the people uh my spiritual mentor bishop vaughn McLaughlin used to always say to me people come before buildings people do in order to have a successful business you need people in order to have a successful church you need people. And in order to be successful in any business endeavor, there needs to be people. And so you need to treat them with love and respect. And we need to walk with a certain modicum of integrity within the context of our organization. All right. So let's talk about the gold standard. And I'll talk about it financially because most of you know this. The system by which the value of currency was defined in terms of gold for which currency could be exchanged. The gold standard was generally abandoned. In the depression of the 1930s but definitely by uh, uh, the 70s we had lost every standard whether it be gold standard silver standard we had no standard for money so basically right now if we are true about our economy we basically just print money uh, but there's nothing to back that money up it's uh it's a promissory note with intention to pay okay so you just look at your dollar. It used to be, if you get an old dollar, you'll see it was backed by gold. At one point, if you get a, a, the older, not a 70s, 60s dollar, you'll see that it was backed by silver. And now it's just a promissory note. So 
What does that have to do with a, a holy mistress or a dysfunctional pastor? It has a lot because dysfunction is, again, a deviation from the norms of social behavior. So when there's no standard, when there's no directive, when there's no objective, where there's no goal, where there's no vision, the people perish for a lack of knowledge. So I want to look at that gold standard from a medical or social science understanding. All right. And I'm going somewhere. So hold on with me. The gold standard is often used to characterize an object or procedure described as unequivocally the best in its genre against which all others should be compared. The best in its genre. I believe the Bible is the gold standard for behavior for behavioral patterns, for raising children, for operating in integrity, in business, in the church, in the marketplace, whatever we're doing, the Bible, a matter of fact, uh, most of the Ivy League institutions uh, up until the 1930s, 40s, and 50s utilized the Bible as the standard for ethical and moral behavior in the running of a business, okay? Um, so let's look at this now. Biblically, there's a gold standard for pastoral ministry and pastoral ministry success. And I said I'm going to expand this not just for pastors, but for leaders as a whole. Our lives need to line up in three areas. And I never forget sitting in a class on a Wednesday listening to these life changing principles. It says it simply says this. Our lives need to line up in three areas. Here they are, moral, domestic, and spiritual. Or we'll start with domestic, moral, and spiritual. The Bible helps us to understand this uh, in the book of Titus. And it is written in this book about creating order in the church. So let me, let me read this. The reason I left you in Crete was to set in order the remaining matters and to appoint elders in every town, as I directed you, elders, overseers, bishops, okay, they use interchangeably in uh, the Bible in certain areas, but it really helps us to get a gold standard. Here's the standard. Here's the standard. Domestic. An elder, pastor, and I'm going to use leader, must be blameless, the husband of one wife with faithful children who cannot be charged with dissipation, dissipation or rebellion, okay? You, your children, I know children. I, I believe me, I get it. I'm not saying their children are going to be perfect, but they can't be totally off the chain, totally unruly, totally doing what they want to do. Now, again, for some of you who are female leaders, this can be uh, looked at from the perspective of uh, the, the, the wife who has one husband, okay? So... Look at look at this next piece is moral. We ought to have a moral character, a moral character base for the overseer must be blameless as one entrusted with God's work, not arrogant, not prone to anger, not a drunkard, not violence, not greedy for gain. Instead, he must be hospitable, devoted to what is good, sensible upright, devout, and self-control. 
Again, there's standards that are put in place, and we need to follow those standards. Uh, and again, make the transition. If you are a woman who is in the role of a pastor, pull all of these mandates that are both important for a pastor who is either male or female or a leader who is either male or female. We, we must have our families in some semblance of order because if a person can't rule his family, surely they cannot rule the church. Okay? And finally, finally, uh, when we look at our behavioral patterns, not arrogant, not prone to anger, not a drunkard. We, we can't be drunk, not violence, not greedy for gain. We're not in this for the money, but I'm not saying you won't be blessed with money, but you won't be blessed with money if you're in it for money because money will take wings and fly away. The book of Proverbs talks about that. You, you have to be in it to help people, even successful businesses, businesses that are perpetual in nature that have, have been in business for many, many years. Why? Because they've discovered a solution, A, and B, they're in it to sincerely help people, all right? Now that's what keeps businesses afloat, all right? So let's keep that in mind, not being arrogant. You know, y'all know what it means to be arrogant. Know everything. No one can tell you anything. You're just your own, you know, your own God. You're, you're, you're prone to anger. You're always angry with people. You have to treat people with respect. And you can't think more highly of yourself than you ought. So get rid of the arrogance. None of us have arrived yet. None of us have arrived yet. Let me say it again. None of us have arrived yet. We have to have a modicum of humility. And I talked about in a whole, in another uh, uh, episode. But instead, uh, the leader must be hospitable, devoted to what is good, sensible, upright, devout, and self-controlled. Then we have spiritual uh, mandates that we must follow to. He must hold firmly to the faithful message as has been taught. We hold firm to the word of God. The world and society and everything around us is trying to rock our worlds. But no matter what we see, we have to hold firm to the word of God. No matter what we're going through, if you say God is a healer, hold on to that. If you believe that God is faithful, hold on to that. If you believe God is, is greater and he's going to take care of your family, he's going to meet every need, hold on to that. You got to hold on to that firmly. Hold on to that. And God will move in your life. Okay? So hold firmly to the, murder, the word of God. Be faithful so that he will be able to give exhortation in such, in such healthy teaching and correct those who speak against it, okay? Hold firm to the word of God. These things, moral, uh, spiritual, domestic, and not necessarily in that order, but domestic, moral, and spiritual as comes in the Bible, these things will help you and help leaders to be the very best they can. It will set a proper environment and set order in the house, and it will help you to be sustainable in the goal of being a good pastor, a shepherd after God's own heart, a good leader, a shepherd, a leader after God's heart, uh, 
and to do the things that will help to influence the nations. Listen, you've been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. This is Derek L. Calhoun. I am your host. Thank you, thank you so much. Again, those of you in armed services around the world, I hope this blesses you. I hope it helps you. If you are leading soldiers, I hope you lead with integrity. You lead with morality. You lead with a strong basis for spirituality in the word of God. And when you do that, and you give these principles out, you can now inspect your troops. And when you inspect your troops, you know that there's already been a preset expectation that they are able to obtain and be successful in the military as well. Okay? I love you guys. Don't forget what I always tell you. Make sure that you go and influence the nation. See you next week. God bless.